everybody, welcome into this week's episode of Five for Fighting on the Huddle Up Podcast feed. It is me, Mike Bernier. I am here to talk about all things from the National Hockey League. Uh, before we begin, though, if you haven't already, like, subscribe, thumbs up to the Huddle Up Podcast feed. Uh, on Tuesday nights is the live show, which uh, is student of the game, Kyle Nash, Ernest, EJ, Christian, Matt, and Big Jim. Uh, they do a great dive on all things NFL and NCAA. Uh, then you have the five observations uh, with Big Jim, where he gives you a little feedback of the weekend that was. Uh, most of the time comes out uh, Saturdays. Uh, most of the time after the college football slate so that we can talk a little bit more in depth about that as we lead into what's going on in the National Football League on Sundays. Uh, eventually, Ernest will get a, a basketball show done. <laughs> if you aren't already, again, like I said, please like, subscribe, <clears throat> excuse me, thumbs up, all that fun stuff. Um, also, if you go over to the Twitter account, twitter.com slash podcast. I believe is what it is. I'll double check that right now. Nope, it is not slash out all the podcast. Go over to your Twitter machine. Go over to twitter.com. Search at huddle up podcast. You'll see our lovely Twitter account in there is the link tree in there is where you can find the link to all things huddle up podcast, including the YouTube page, the podcast on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, TikTok, Facebook, uh, the show's Twitter, as well as the links to uh, the host of the Huddle Up Podcast show, uh, as well as the merchandising store, which you can find over at tpublic.com slash Huddle Up Podcast. 43 designs are currently available on the, sh- uh, on the store, uh, including a couple of the Huddle Up Hockey Edition, uh, as well as some new ones. It's the Team Huddle Up. Uh, name and number on the back. You can get your team, team Mike, right now uh, with the number 17, which is my number, uh, on the on any of the color shirts that they have there um, right now for the low, low price of just $20. Head on over there. Pick up your favorite uh, member of the Huddle Up podcast, uh, preferably me, um, and uh, let's get those shirts flying off the uh, off the rack. So that's the plugging of uh, all that stuff. We'll, we'll, we'll wrap that up again here at the end. Um, all right, let's get to the topics, though, uh, that I want to talk about today. And we will start with an incredibly scary one uh, that was released some information about earlier today. Uh, and that was that Pittsburgh Penguins' Chris Letang will be out indefinitely after the second stroke of his career. Um yeah, less than a decade since the first one. Uh, Penguins general manager Ron Hextall said in a statement that Latang was taken to the hospital on Monday after telling team trainers that he was dealing with what Hextall described as a migraine. Hextall said Latang did not know that he had a stroke at the time, but just, quote, knew that something wasn't right. Tests of the hospital confirmed the stroke for Latang, who had previously had one in 2014. The Penguins did say that Latang was not experiencing any lasting effects and that this is not believed to be a career-threatening uh, situation. Um, Latang said the following in a statement, quote, I am fortunate to know my body well enough to recognize when something isn't right. While it is diff- difficult to na- navigate this issue publicly, I am hopeful that it can raise awareness. It is important for me that my teammates, family, and fans know that I am okay and optimistic that I will be back on the ice soon. 
Um, Hextel also said that the test results were shocking to hear, but he's grateful that Chris is doing well. Um, Latang was in the arena for Tuesday's 3-2 overtime loss to Carolina, spent time in the second period chatting with, he- with Hextall, um, and said that he addressed the team after the game in the locker room. Um, so very scary situation. Um, obviously, uh, you guys, if you've listened to other parts of this show, know I am not the biggest fan of the Pittsburgh Penguins, but I have all the respect in the world for Chris Letang. Um, and this is a scary, like, life thing. This isn't like, oh, you play for a team that I despise, so I can't, you know, that's not me. Um, you know, life is a fragile thing. Um, and to have something of this magnitude happen to a guy who is, you know, a fine-tuned athlete, um, like he said, it, it's good for him to know um, – what's wrong with his body and what's going, going on. And, you know, if it's, if something's wrong that he knows what to, to, what to do, because, you know, it's one of those things where some people, you know, myself included, I'll be the first one to admit it. I'm pretty hard headed. I hate going to the doctor. I hate, you know, being checked on because I'm afraid everyone's going to always find the worst. Um, You know, I've worked through, you know, knee problems, back problems, migraines, stuff like that. And, you know, I don't necessarily know that something like that couldn't have happened to someone like me. Um, it's just nice to know uh, that Latang knows when his body isn't, isn't right and was able to go get that test done. Um, because that's one of those things where if he tries to play through it, it could get a lot worse. Um, so it's, it, it's good to see that they're actually going to take the time, do some more testing, Make sure that he's 100% before, uh, obviously, he makes a return to the ice. Hopefully, for his sake, uh, he does have the ability to return to the ice, and this is something that he can manage moving forward. Um, But, you know, from the Five for Fighting podcast, from yours truly, uh, from the Huddle Up podcast family, we wish the best to Latang and his family uh, while he tries to navigate this scary, scary situation. Number two, uh, we're going to talk about something here, and that is that Okay, I've talked about this on this show before that I feel like the Boston Bruins are a scumbag organization. And now, their commentator, Jack Edwards, during Tuesday's game against the Tampa Bay Lightning, mocked Pat Maroon of the the Lightning. Uh, Midway through the first period, when Edwards, the Bruins' longtime play-by-play announcer, made some targeted comments about the 6'3 winger's size, which also reflected Maroon's run of three Stanley Cup championships, one with the, the Blues and then the back-to-back uh, with Tampa Bay. Nesson's color, color commentator Andy Brickle also chimed in, keeping Edwards going on Maroon for well over 30 seconds. And this is what it was. It said, quote, Maroon is listed at 238 pounds. The 65-year-old broadcaster said, that was day one of training camp. I've got a feeling he's added a few more pizzas between now and then. Fasting, inadvertent fasting for Pat Maroon is like four hours without a meal. But hey, he won three cups in a row. Who can argue with that formula? The seemingly unprovoked commentary inspired Maroon to do something good out of the situation. And I tip my cap to him here. Uh, he went to Twitter on Wednesday and announced that he was going to um, donate. $2,000 in Edwards' name to the Tampa Bay Thrives, uh, a nonprofit organization who helped those with struggle with mental health and substance abuse 
Um, Pat's tweet said, uh, quote, in support of their struggle with mental health, bullying, and body imaging, I'm, I'm making a $2,000 donation in the name of at real Jack Edwards on Twitter to the Tamp- at Tampa Bay Thrives, and I encourage the Lightning and the NHL fans to join me. Donate here with a link to uh, their uh, ability to, to donate. Um, here's the thing. Um, Steven Stamkos, teammate, one of the most well-known uh, Tampa Bay Lightning players uh, chimed in shortly after uh, saying, well done, Patty, donating now to the, to the cause. Um, in a world where, you know, social media is the way that it is and, you know, people can't say and do things because of cancel cultures and stuff like that, do you really think coming out and, you know, talking shit about someone um, is is the smartest thing to do because I truly don't and I, and I think that when you look at what the, the, the comments were I get it you know oh he, ate, he added a couple extra pizzas if that's if that's taken wrong from from a different kind of person, you don't know what that person's going through. Like that could be the straw that breaks the camel's back that something bad could happen afterwards. And it's just, it's one of those things where it's just not necessary. And I feel like sometimes it's better to not take the necessary evil and just kind of let the comment go. And because it's just, there's nothing good that I feel that could come out of that comment. It's just, it's one of those where, Pat's obviously uh, a stand-up guy because he didn't even really address the situation. He he just he heard about the situation, came up with an idea to help some people in need, and, and that's the route that he went. So tip of the cap to him, obviously. Um, but I just – it's another thing in the Bruin cap that I'm just – kind of makes me want to go brush my teeth because I feel like I've just chewed on like raw tire. It's just – it's not good. There's not a good organization, and this this is another one of those where it's just a real shitty thing to say and do. All right, our third is a little bit more upbeat. We've had we've had a couple of down moments with the obviously the Latang situation and now the Maroon being bullied and all that stuff. We'll talk about the Tempe City Council approving the Coyotes Arena plan ahead of a vote. The Tempe City Council unanimously approved the Arizona Coyotes Arena and Entertainment District proposal on Tuesday night, giving it an emphatic support ahead of the May 16 voter uh, referendum that will decide its fate. The Coyotes are seeking to build a 16,000-seat arena and entertainment district on city-owned land at the Rio Salado Parkway and Priest Drive at the west end of the Tempe Town Lake. The total project will cost an estimated $2.1 billion, with $1.9 at least being privately funded which includes two hotels, a 3,500-person theater, and up to 1,995 residential units. The project is nicknamed Landfill to Landmark, as the 1.5 million tons of trash will be removed from the site at an estimated cost of $75 million. Um, I think this is a huge win um, for the Coyotes organization. Um, hopefully the, the, the city of Tempe you know, takes this team in, um, and, you know, and, and 
actually makes this a desirable town for hockey. Um, I just don't necessarily know that I think that that's actually going to be a thing. And I'm scared that this means that hockey in, in the West Coast is now going – that team's going to be moved somewhere else. Um, obviously, Vegas is thriving in the desert. Um, there's no reason why Arizona kind of can't do the same. Um, it looks like the ownership group is now committed to, to doing things and, you know, making things smart. Um, you know, they were obviously in Glendale from 2003 up until last season, but the city council didn't renew its uh, lease. Maybe it's good that they're out of Glendale. Maybe it's good that, that, that Tempe is a, is a spot that wants them. Um, they're currently playing again at the Mullet Arena. Uh, at Arizona State, sharing it with the Sun Devils men hockey program. Uh, the NHL team committed to play there for the next three seasons with an option for a fourth. Seats about 5,000 fans for hockey, uh, obviously the smallest capacity in the National Hockey League. The team invested $19.7 million in add-ons to make space NHL ready, including 1,500 gross square foot Amex annex built next to the arena that houses the NHL quality locker rooms and training facilities. For both for both the Coyotes and away teams, um, yeah, I th- I think the city of Tempe, um, like I said, I want them to just kind of take their arms and, and grab this team and, and make them um, make that a desirable location. And I think that hopefully, you know, being out of Glendale because Glendale obviously is the home of the Arizona Cardinals as well. Um, I just hope that you know this this is something where. You know, they find themselves a, a, a city that wants them. Hopefully, we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll keep an eye on that vote as, as that gets closer uh, to the day. Uh, next up, we went to a hockey game and a baseball game broke out. The Seattle Kraken defeated the LA Kings by a final score of 9-8 to eight on Tuesday night in overtime. The 17 goals scored is the highest so far uh, of the season. Andre Burakovsky, former Capital Great, Scored on the power play at 2.08 of the extra session to give the Kraken the first six-game winning streak in franchise history. Um, it is the sixth game in the expansion era since 1967 to feature at least 17 goals and be decided by one goal and just the second since the 84-85 season. The other was the 2011 tilt between the Winnipeg Jets and the Philadelphia Flyers that also finished by a final score of 9-8. to um, Holy cow! Uh, nobody wants to play goalie uh, for this game, I guess. Um, yeah, not good. Um, I think this, this is a this is one of those where like you laugh at it because it's like, oh, ha, 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 they scored a lot of goals. The goaltending in this game was god awful. Both of these teams like are fighting for for the ability to potentially be playoff teams. Seattle probably has a little bit more life in them than the Kings, um, just from a, a, a standpoint of, you know, 14-5-3 for the Kraken. You know, the Kings are 12-9-4. Um, 17 goals, though, in in one game is just head-scratching that, that goalies can play that, that bad. Uh, all right, fifth and final topic of the five for fighting this on this uh, – I guess it's going to be Thursday morning by the time you guys get this. Patrick Laine of the Columbus Blue Jackets could return uh, from injury on Friday when the Blue Jackets play at the Winnipeg Jets. 
8 o'clock on TSN3 and ESPN+. The forward injured his ankle uh, November 12th against the New York Islanders and has missed the last seven games. Uh, Columbus Blue Jackets coach Brad Larson said, quote, he got in a good practice. He's feeling a lot better. We've got another good practice for, for tomorrow, and then we'll make the decision on him in Winnipeg. Line A said he is not targeting the return to Winnipeg, where he played from 2016 up to being traded to the Blue Jackets on January 23rd of 2021, saying, quote, it doesn't matter if we're going to Buffalo. I'd still want to play. It doesn't matter where it is, who we're playing against. I just want to play. Line A is Art, who has also missed six games from October 14th to the 23rd with an elbow injury, has four points, two goals, two assists in eight games. He also said that he had a really good summer and a camp and a preseason and that I was out a couple of weeks. It's definitely frustrating. Uh, other interesting injury reports, the Vegas Golden Knights have said that Alex Percangelo will not play the Thursday night game against the Pittsburgh Penguins. The defenseman did not play in the 3-2 shootout win against the Blue Jackets on Monday, saying a personal reason, but could not, but could return uh, to the, the game against the Detroit Red Wings on Saturday. Percangelo leads the goal, leads the Golden Knights in time on ice, assist, and a second in points behind Jack Eichel. All right, let's move on to the Grip It and Rip It Player of the Week. And that is going to be none other than Alexander Ovechkin with his two goals last night in the game against Vancouver. Ovi is past Wayne Gretzky for first in all-time goals scored by a player on the road. Um, I can't say enough good things about Alexander Ovechkin. Um, I've I've talked about him at length on this show. Um, Incredibly happy to be able to see all that Obi's been able to do. Um, Obviously a big moment for him last night in the game against Vancouver. Uh, He scored the first capital goal um, super early in that game. Um, And then uh, let's see. Let me see if I can find the box score real quick. Yeah, but he just, he got a quick shot off uh, early. Um, They got the quick one, nothing lead. Uh, Vancouver was on their heels the rest of the way. 535 of the first, Ovechkin unassisted. And then at 1152, uh, Ovechkin from Stromy and Mantha made it 2 nothing. Um, Mantha then scored himself to make it 3 nothing. Carlson made it 4 one in the in the second. And then uh, there was an empty netter. Um, would have been great to see Alex get the hat trick with the empty netter, but I digress. Um, not to take away from, from, from Alex's situation, so we'll get there uh, talk about Alex again. Um, but this team's finally starting to get healthy. Uh, TJ Oshie is back. Um, we're a couple of days away from potentially Dmitry Orloff coming back. Tom Wilson's working out more and more. Um, so kudos to the, the Caps for finally looking like they're going to get healthy. Um, most road goals, again, for Alexander Ovechkin gets him to grip it and rip it. Player of the week. He has scored 403 of his 793 goals away from home. Obviously, Gretzky holds the record with 894. Uh, Ovechkin said, quote, it's always nice when you beat the great one. It doesn't matter what kind of milestone it is. It's history. Um, yeah, hundred percent agree with Alex there. Um, nearly netted the empty netter. Um, just missed it to the outside. Would have liked to see him get it just, just to have the extra goal. Um, yeah, but, uh, he topped him at the 1152 mark in the first firing the one timer from the left circle, AKA the office. Uh, gave him the two nothing lead. Um, 
Definitely tip of the cap, though, to Alexander Ovechkin. Uh, also in this game, he had his 135th game-opening goal, tying Yamir Yager for the most in National Hockey League history. Um, so, yeah, definitely a, definitely a major uh, a major plus here. Um, super happy uh, for Alex. Uh, Thursday, so basically tonight when you guys hear this, uh, we play at Seattle, uh, the second of a five-game road trip. Hopefully Alex can add to that road goal total there. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Um, again, guys, I appreciate you hanging out with me uh, for a little while today. I don't want to keep you guys too long. I like to try to keep these things anywhere from 15 to 25 minutes just so you guys can have a little bit of fun on your car rides as we talk about the National Hockey League. Again, if you're not already, please like, subscribe. Uh, give us a five-star if you can, please. Share the podcast with a friend. If you know a friend who's a National Hockey League fan that you know likes listening to people talk about the NHL, please come check out Five for Fighting. Uh, if they're a sports fan, please come check out any, any of our other podcasts here on the Huddle Up podcast feed. Uh, the live show on Tuesday with Jim, Matt, Ernest, and Kyle, or the Five Observations with Big Jim. Uh, again, go over to Twitter.com. At Huddle Up Podcast, you can get the link tree to our merchandise uh, as well as individual uh, Twitters for the other guys. Um, you can also get the TikTok, the YouTube, um, and your links to get more on Apple Podcast, Amazon, and Spotify. Until then, until next week when I come back with some more um, hockey takes, I'm going to send you all to the, to the penalty box. You're all getting five for fighting.